it's been so long. I know I was in the car. I was like, I have to like remember how to talk. <laughs> I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And this is Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. Hello. We're, we're back. We took a sabbatical. I know. What a summer we've had. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. So tell me about your <laughs> So you went to LA for 10 days. I did. My I have family out there. My uncle lives out there and his little family. Um, so yeah, I just went and like most of the time took it easy. We just like, you know, they like to eat like I, like we do, like, mm. you know, try new stuff. Um, so that was great. Went to Disneyland with my 14-year-old cousin. Wait, we had so much fun. Highlight? What was the best ride? <sighs> That's a really good question because so I come from a family of people who like some of us are really really into Disney um and I like love it like I get excited about it but like I don't like go every year mm-hmm. um so I haven't been to any Disney park since I was in high school so that was just like super exciting to like be back in it because if people haven't gone to Disney you don't really realize like how different it is from other theme parks like I was at Six Flags a couple weeks ago and it's like Everywhere you go, there's just ads everywhere. Everything is like bare bones. You just see every part of everything. And Disney World is like an entirely different experience where every single thing that they do has a reason. Like they'll, they will hide, they will hide the park from you as you are walking into it. Like you do not even see it. They put walls up and then you get in and you're like, oh, I'm here. Uh Um, It's really interesting. Yeah. And so, and there's never, there's nothing like outside of obviously like the Disney products there's no, there's really no like branding, like outside of their own, right? Yeah. So like at Six Flags, you'll see signs for like Pepsi products and mm-hmm. you're just like, ugh. Yeah. So that was great. Um, I love, I always have loved Splash Mountain and I'm really glad I got to go on it one more time. They are changing it. Um, if you don't know, Splash Mountain is based off of a movie called Song of the South, which is not great. Um, doesn't hold up. No. And it didn't really at the time though. That's the thing. Like they never released it. They, I don't think they've ever released it on home video, but it's just, um, based on like very, uh, clear old racial stereotypes around the time of slavery and slash mountain is based off of like the cartoon element of it where there's all these animals, but they are changing it. It and took until 2021, but they will be, I think they're turning into um, Princess and the Frog, which will be cool. Good. So Better it'll keep. Never. Yes. And that's the New Orleans Disney movie? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yes. She, yes. And so I think that'll be awesome. And there's still animals in it. Like, I think it'll have similar vibes. Um, but I was glad I got to go on it one last time just because, like, I, the ride itself, like, separate from, obviously, the whole movie just... That was always my favorite. It was always yeah. my favorite as a kid. Um, and I love Space Mountain. It's interesting, though, because... Disneyland is a little bit different. Um, like the lines are all almost all outside. Whereas in Florida, like they have more storms. So some of them are inside. Just like little weird things. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disneyland is like much longer. So it was like even more thrilling. I really enjoyed the Incredicoaster, which is incredible themed roller coaster that's one of the few like truly like th- like thrill rides they have so that was fun but they have a guard they changed um tower of terror to guardians of the galaxy which oh. was cute yeah i enjoyed that but it was good it was really just like we walked a total of um 10 miles oh my God. throughout one day from like nine to nine we were there from like nine thirty to 10 o'clock it's impressive it was fireworks Yeah, so we left, like, people camp out starting at 8 o'clock for fireworks, which is nuts. Um, And we kind of, like, did one last ride and made our way out before 
everything is so easy though. It's really crazy. Just like the operate, like from an operational standpoint, like the way that they run things is unbelievably impressive. The one thing I know about Disney was he started his theme parks because he brought his family to a theme park that was just dirty. There was trash everywhere. And he was like, I want to start a clean operation. Yeah. And so it's not even just, it's like, it's clean, but it's right. It does. It feels like you're, you, it does feel like you have entered like a different reality in a way. It's amazing. And then it's also like from a distance, you're like, whoa, like, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. We had a good time, but I ate some really good food at this like Hawaiian fusion restaurant. Um, I saw Nick Vile, who is my favorite all time bachelor. Oh, that's right. <laughs> at Jones on third. No, I'm not a bachelor girl, <laughs> yeah. but I did look him up when you texted me. <laughs> so at the time that he was on, like he wasn't great. People weren't crazy about him um, for reasons, but I let, I just like, and I don't even think I watched his total season, but I just, he's super cute. And then like as a, person and as a personality in real life I'm like oh you're really cool um he cares about like social stuff and so mm-hmm. but yeah he's very very cute in real oh, life yeah. but yeah it was great and mostly we and then we just you know took it easy and I spent time with family they you know they like to just sit around and watch tv because they are my family so <laughs> we did a lot of that and that's what we enjoy doing for a lot of the time you know mm-hmm. not all the time but um so when I left you had just gotten back from Morocco. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we finally got to go on our honeymoon to Morocco and it was incredible. And we worked with Tina Sullivan as a travel agent. I've never had a travel agent before, but like we're on this board together for the library and I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Like let's sit down with her and hear what she has to say. And she didn't charge us anything or she charges very minimally, but she gets a commission off of using her vendors. And when going somewhere like Morocco, I would way rather go (laughs) and use the guides and the drivers that she already knows because she had been like a few weeks before us. So, and you had originally planned to visit Italy in April 2020. Oh man. (laughs) How did you decide to go? I know like we talked a little bit about this before you left, but like what was, when you decided to go, what was your expectation like you were looking for? And then like, how did it pan out? Yeah. So, well, God bless Tina because then she had to replan it like four times because things get kept getting delayed. We were meeting with her about alternatives and we said, you know, if there's a safe island or something, we just want to do our honeymoon and we don't care where we go. We just want it to be easy and safe. And she said, have you ever thought about going to Morocco? And we both looked at each other because Jake and I had no romantic interest in one another really until we had this bonding moment. Exactly five years ago, actually. Yes. <laughs> it was our first kiss five oh years ago God. today. Oh, how dorky crazy. is that? Um, we both love Almost Famous, and a uh, running theme is that Penny Lane, the heroine from Almost Famous, is going to escape and live a year in Morocco and become a different person and find herself. So when she suggested it, we were like, that just resonates with us. And so we landed in Fez, which was super historic, and we got to walk around the walled Medina. There's a population of 200,000 people that live in there. In a labyrinth, essentially. Yeah, it's just all of these winding clay tunnels, basically. And um, I loved our guide, Kamal, said, you could be born in there and die in there and have everything you need. And um, he also made a really interesting point that, like, so many Western... mm, 
right now it is a trend among people of a certain class to create pedestrian friendly environments. And he's like, we've been doing that for thousands of years and there are no cars. There's 9,000 streets, but it's pedestrian only and lots of donkeys. Like even in New York city, they finally realized like, why don't we uh, make some room for tables and people instead of cars? Yeah. And and then they carried it to this summer, Mm -hmm. but it is like, that's the whole thing is like, Oh yeah. Like you can just do that. You don't have to drive everywhere exactly and so that was awesome then we went to the sahara desert and camped out like under the stars and rode camels those pictures did not look real oh my god it was so awesome and there are no european borders open right now so i think morocco is just really hurting for tourism and so people were so kind and the owner of our hotel said oh do you want to come over for lunch and talk to my sister she's going to move to America in a few years and we just had all these really wonderful experiences building relationships with people and then we ended in Marrakesh which is very glamorous but I highly recommend Morocco as a destination six hour flight that's that's like what it is to go to like the UK yeah or like an hour longer right yeah um when I think of Marrakesh I think of just like like bright magenta, like a deep, that's like what pops in my head. It's just like those types of like, like bold jewel tones. Oh, totally. (laughs) There's the Yves Saint Laurent museum. Um, and that was pretty incredible too, because he lived as a gay man with his partner in Marrakesh, which is an Arabic community. And so, uh, we got to just learn a lot about the inroads that people are making. We spent a lot of time with indigenous people, uh, Berber people. And yeah, I had the best time. It just felt like another world. Yes. And then in between you went to a folk festival. Oh yeah. (laughs) Did you forget? Okay. So Newport Folk Fest was so cool, but whirlwind. I asked Molly in preparation for this to tell me what she's been listening to, like what kind of music. and a question. I definitely discovered a lot of artists at Newport Folk Fest, and that was the kind of thing is that everyone buys tickets before you go, so no one's, like, there to see one artist, except for maybe Deer Tick, who always right. plays. But people are there to discover music, and I really like that. So the Black Pumas were amazing. That was, like, a surprise guest. We saw... Waxahachi, who is this incredible folk singer that is the partner of Kevin Morby, and he was also wonderful. And they both would he, come out on each other's sets. And he is there very frequently, right? I believe so. Yeah. It was AJ, uh, Sweet Jane, our yes. friend Amanda, who was like insistent on seeing both of them. She's a big fan, and they did not disappoint. That's that was awesome. Great. Yes. And let's see, Julian Baker was the one that, like, there are all these girls crying and crying. I was about to ask ask if people were crying at Julia Baker, which is so funny because apparently, yes. (laughs) She was so humble too and sweet and she got up on the big stage and there were just all these, like, if I guess I'm making a generalization, but probably 24-year-old girls who have come into their own as lesbians who are like up front just sobbing about, you know, this woman's realization and her ability to express her journey and expressing her own sexuality. And it was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. That is so funny, though, because I I was in the car, like, thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, like, thinking of all the people you saw, and I was like, I bet that the Julian Baker situation is just really emotional, because <laughs> I think that's, like, the, I think it's, I think that I've heard it other places. What are you listening to? What summer? am I listening to? That's a great question. Do I even have know the answer? I've been, I've been listening to a lot of The weekend just because 
I made a joke uh, a little while ago because, like, every single that comes out has been a hit and a banger. And I was like, oh, I was like, he took, he thought to himself, I would love to have a disco album. And so he made himself a, like an, like a early, like a late seventies, early eighties disco album of his own, like Coke fueled dreams <laughs> essentially is what I think he did. Like he was like, I, I can imagine him just go like, <laughs> like snorting a line of cocaine and like, look at me like I got a new one, which like. This is all speculation. Sorry to the weekend, but um, well, also he plays an act. He plays different yes, characters. Yes, he does a whole thing. Totally. So I could see this as part of yes. his latest persona. But I love like between him and Dua Lipa, mm. just this resurgence of the like heavy four four like four of the floor, just like time signatures and just like the vibes, you know. <laughs> so like he a new song dropped. Like I he's not an artist that like when an album comes out I like listen to the whole album. I just know I'm like, "Oh yeah, this will like all be on." And so, but like he's been dropping new songs and I'm like, "Ooh. They keep making me dance, you know." Have you listened to any of the new Lord album? Yes, just the singles though. Yeah, see. But I like Solar Power a lot. Me too. And I I mean, I think I, she's making a joke of herself and her astrological proclivities, but it's also like really relatable and funny because we're all kind of playing into that right oh, now yeah. where the world is so uncertain. We've all been yep. downloading CoStar. <laughs> and I like I've always like I liked her. I didn't get super into that last album like a lot of people did. I liked it. Like yeah, I didn't not same. like it, but I kind of like the route she's taking where it's like you get that sort of that feeling absolutely where she's like charging I love crystals. I love when they start <laughs> to turn around on themselves like I like when I love when artists make a make an album of commentary like kind of on their past well, I in feel a way that with the weekend a little bit yeah too, so. I think Vampire Weekend does that too mm-hmm. like I think that they're always like looking at themselves like what did we do last time can we like make fun of ourselves for being like preppy dudes playing mm-hmm. Soweto <laughs> themed music but um I know I I've been so bad this summer though like I feel like I've done a lot of I feel like I've been listening just I've been I rehash a lot mm-hmm. like I get so into my own things where like I'm listening to like you know Kendrick Lamar albums from five years ago so like that type of stuff you know there are certain albums I just like to live inside of and oh I absolutely them, you know, every time I'm on the same drive or mm-hmm. whatever. I've told you about I there's this woman named Julia Holter who I really like and I'm still like I kind of got into her last summer and then this summer it's like it's cycled back where I'm just like this is what I want to listen to <laughs> Oh, one of the saddest things that happened in the last few weeks in the music world was Nancy Griffith died, and she was just someone that I listened to as a folk singer growing up with my mom. I was going to say, I could see that. Forever. Yeah. Um, and she was very young. She's in her 60s. Mm-hmm. But and Bismarcky. Yeah. Also. Um, <laughs> the week before, I think, or two weeks before. But I did get to go reunite with my mom's family, which is something I haven't done. I don't think they had all been together in 20 years or something. Wow. She's from a family of six. So we went to a wedding at the Wequasset in Cape Cod. It was so luxurious. Yeah. That was really cool. Well, because so after the festival, then you were gone again. I know. Molly, it's been busy. This is We've the been longest. busy. Okay. So you and I started hanging out in uh-huh. spring of 2016. Yeah. This summer was the longest I've ever gone. Without seeing you. Yeah. I know. Although COVID, but we would still, like, do Zooms yeah. and, and walks and stuff. Yes. 
but it was it was well I feel like this summer has been really interesting because last summer between so like I'm back to working like at RSV Abbey right like Mm -hmm. part-time um and just also having more stuff like available to do right Mm -hmm. last summer I just feel like all of us not just you and I like our whole sort of circle had just like time like, I know we were like at my house we every had time day. and we had nowhere to go I so loved it though. me too and I and I think it is nice to be back into this the rhythm I think but I really enjoyed just like having like the, the luxury of time like just because it's not just you and I like our all of our friends sort of we were just all the time like yeah and we got so much closer I think in a, a new way definitely really yeah but, but I forgot that this is what summer is usually like, right? Where it's like, I work sometimes and, you know, people are traveling. We have school next week. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> well, related though, have you read any good books this summer or articles? I am. So I'm reading, I just got a copy of, um, there's this writer I love, Esme. I don't know if it's her, like part of her name. I think it's Wai Zhang. Wai Zhen. Um, Esme Wong is mm-hmm. like, but um, she has a book out called The Collected Schizophrenias, and it's a series of essays about when she was, like, diagnosed with having, you know, like, DID and just different, her, like, mental health, essentially. dissociative identity disorder? Yes, yeah, So, like, we used to call it multiple personality. Or maybe she doesn't have DID, but she has, yeah, uh, she's, like, bipolar. She's got, like, a few, but she has, like, some comorbidities, and so, but she just goes into detail about her mental health, but then also, like, being chronically ill, being a like an Asian American woman, like, and how all of this sort of, it's, it's, you know, how it intersects and, Mm -hmm. and it's really, really moving. So that's been really cool to read. She's amazing. I do this thing though, like I'll start a book and then I'll accidentally start another book. So I'm like working my way through green lights right now, which is Matthew McConaughey's like notebook memoir. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to take me long, but, um, I know I would consider listening to that audiobook if he narrates it. I think he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, I did download actually from audible, I haven't listened yet, but Juliana Margulies wrote a memoir and I love her voice and she reads her own. She does her own. So I was like, I'm going to get this. I had like a free credit. I, I was like, you love ER. <laughs> yeah. I loved the good wife. So she, she's the you best. Know, You're like, oh yeah, she's timeless. just, and she had, a, I didn't realize she had kind of an interesting life. Like her dad was someone, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> What did you read on vacation? Oh, well, The Idiot was my favorite read. It's by Elif Botman. Isn't there an old book called The Idiot? Maybe. This is like, she's a Turkish girl who is, she's first gen attending Harvard, and she constantly feels like an idiot, but reading her prose, you're like, wow, she's brilliant. She has no idea. Is it a novel or is it? It's um, a novel, but I I get the sense it's based on her life. Um, I wish she would write another book. I finished it, and the first thing I did was Google the author to be like, is there more of this? But her most famous piece, she won a huge award, and then it was recanted she wrote for the new yorker a piece about japanese rental families (laughs) that you know she was given all these accolades and then they found out a bunch of the sources had not been honest with her but that's like her only other piece yeah so i hope she'll come out with another book i just she's so wry and observant she writes very short clear sentences which i was like maybe she's just destined to write fiction yeah and then um i read who is maude dixon when we got back from marrakesh because a lot of it takes place like in the hotel we stayed in and stuff like that and that was just a fun murder mystery it took like two days you know 
And most recently, I read Nine Perfect Strangers, which is the book that there's a new Hulu series with Nicole Kidman. So buzzy. Based on. So I haven't yes. watched the movie yet, but I mean, the show. Well, I can't wait to. Yeah. It's funny because my mom has also read some of that Leanne Moriarty, right? Yeah. She did, um, yeah. Big Little Lies. She did Big Little yes. Lies. That's and why so, I read it because I was like, oh, I loved that show. I would yes. love to read the book before this comes out. I was so it's funny though because I started to hear about it and then like see some of the stuff and like in my brain for some reason I was like oh it's it's like Agatha Christie like I thought that it was gonna be like a murder mystery like where like they would slowly die (laughs) and then I saw and I was like that's not what this is about it does look good though I've heard so I, I read a review where they said like the show is fun but it's not like you know the greatest piece of art you've ever seen which like who cares yeah the cast is great (laughs) <laughs> and I, it's funny because I had cast them in my head as I was reading and then I looked at the IMDb and I had everyone all wrong. Like I had an idea that Melissa McCarthy was in it and Nicole Kidman was in it, but I had them all in the wrong roles. Oh, that's interesting. So it's going to be weird to watch now. <laughs> that's a bummer when that happens too, though. Even if like, or like when you read something before anything has ever been announced and you have like such a, such like a clear idea of what it oh, is, right? And then you see And then it. it's just not. And sometimes it's like good on its own terms, but like it's never going to be the, it's never the thing you want it to be. Never. And you can't Which go is back like, either. Right. And that's like fine. Like I have that with certain books, right? Where it's just like, I remember when I read The Leftovers, which had a whole series, which ended up being like quite different from the novel, but like, you know. I remember when I started the show, I've since watched it and it's great, but I was like, this isn't right. You know, Mm -hmm. like in my, cause I was like, this isn't what I wanted. And so it is, it's interesting when that happens. I know. Mostly things from my childhood that they have turned into movies. Like we just watched The Giver for the first time as a family on the Cape. I know. Jeff Bridges. I, you know who I always pictured as The Giver? Yeah. You know, the big Lebowski. Yes. Yeah. But I always pictured like, like Richard Harris specifically as Dumbledore. So he was the original Dumbledore, the one yes, who died. Yes. Like, he's the giver in my head. Me too. Yeah. I think it's because the guy on the cover looked like him. Oh, man. But he, I, I wanted him to be, like, old, old. He was also, <laughs> like, Atticus Finch to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But that actor, his wisdom as Dumbledore just translated to, like... Sure. <laughs> if there was a grandfatherly, wise, yes. white old man with a beard, I pictured yeah. him. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually don't even prefer his Dumbledore. I think that Michael Gammon is a far superior Dumbledore. <laughs> I think he's, like, perfect. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not glad that Richard Harris died, but, <laughs> you know, I think we ended up with a really great situation. But, um, so, speaking of adaptations... Yes. What are you watching on TV? Okay, so, Nine Strangers reminded me very much of a show we binged yesterday when we got back from vacation you know you're on like vacation hangover and we're like let's just watch tv yes. we watched all of white lotus you watched more people on vacation yes what a what a what a oh. what a masterpiece what a whirlwind it, it reminds me of succession in many ways <laughs> yes absolutely everyone's deplorable mm-hmm. i'm so happy to hear they're gonna do a second season in a different like an hotel, anthology different location yep um which is what i always wanted for a lot of shows like even something like entourage i always wanted there to be a new entourage not related to Vinny. <laughs> oh my god I would you know love that. if you're going to keep the concept going change up the players yeah and, and so i think this is gonna be really cool well and this is the type of thing too um that i you know was you can tell was written to be like a capsule it wasn't yes. made to like it wasn't made to 
carry this story, particular story mm-hmm. forward. Um, Mike White, who is the creator and like the writer of the whole thing, was he on Survivor? He was on Survivor That's so weird. and The Amazing Race. Oh, He's the best. God. He also wrote and directed the American classic film School of Rock. No, he yes, didn't, he yes, didn't direct School of Rock. Rock. He, he wrote School of Rock. Rock. He wrote School of Rock, and he's in it. You—he's a guy that you have seen, and like you wouldn't know who he is, but you're like, oh yeah, that guy. Um, but yes, he also like he went on Survivor. He was on The Amazing Race with his dad. He wrote this show called Enlightened that was on a few years ago. Um, And if you enjoy The White Lotus, I highly, highly recommend Enlightened. It's about a woman played by Laura Dern, who is very, speaking of um, big little eyes, um, played by Laura Dern, who is very determined to kind of climb a corporate ladder. But then she like has a breakdown uh, that comes after in a like a very, very brief affair that she has with one of her bosses. But then also it's related to just like her purpose in life and where she's going. And she then, so she, you know, she removes herself from the situation. She ends up going to like a retreat in Hawaii. Oh my God. Um, and she comes back. And so, and her, she goes back to her job, but her whole outlook is so radically different that she then, she then tries to, she takes like what happened where she's like, why am I working for like, what is, you know, the worth of money and whatever, like, what am I working for? And she basically then tries to, she becomes like a whistleblower mm-hmm. um, and an activist. And so it just twists, like, you know, it brings you through the twists and turns of that. And um, well, that seems it's a, to be Mr. White's yes, modus operandi. It's just like, right, like, <laughs> who are we? What is, what's, what makes our lives worthwhile, right? Yeah. Like, how do we treat each other? But if, like, if you enjoyed The White Lotus, Watch Enlightened. It's a beautiful show. People, it's like one of those shows where like the people who watch it, like Love have it. watched it like five times. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it's just two seasons, I believe, but it's on HBO. Highly recommend. There's a lot of like um, shoulders up moments in White Lotus. So be prepared for that. Like you are going to be embarrassed for people. So tense. But that's the whole yes. idea. You the know? music is like, like this and is not vacation. Usually when Jake and I watch shows together, we just watch the show you know and it's like an escape but this we would pause frequently and have conversations about the characters and what we thought their motivations were Mm -hmm. um and i think that's the sign of a really great program great writing absolutely speaking of too when you said any articles so there's an interview that came out with him the day after in vulture um and it's just about the show as a whole but it also it's with mike white and it's about a lot of the criticisms that the show has received like critiques, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like, yeah, I absolutely think that's like totally fair because a lot of the critique that the show has received is like, you're trying, are you trying to make statements about racial inequality, about colonialism, about this, about that, but you're still sort of centering the white, like the wealthy white uh, clientele of this hotel. Right. And so he, he really like sort of um, wrestles with that himself. Like, mm-hmm. not just in the interview, but you can tell that he's gone through that in real life. And he's like, I'm really happy people are having these conversations. Like, oh, yeah. I, he's like, I want to hear that it's like, I don't want everyone to agree about this. Uh, because the finale was a little bit, I really liked it. But people are, like, very just conflicted about, like, how that all culminates. Like, the commentary on... There's a Native person whose mm-hmm. story never has a resolution. And so when I heard there was going to be a second season, I was like, I hope somehow he 
gets to continue his story because that was the one part where I felt like he didn't become a dynamic character. He was so close, right? Yep. They had like given you this little carrot of information that he does something unexpected and and he just disappears. Yep. Um, yeah, highly recommend if you did watch The White Lotus, that interview with Mike Way, it's obviously rife with spoilers. But, yes, yes. Um, I tried to avoid spoilers. Yes, there, he, he really, he's very, very open to you know, what people think about it and what, and like what people ask of him. Yeah. It's really, really cool. But, um, White Lotus is awesome. Okay. Wait, I have one more HBO rec. Um, it is called Starstruck. Did you see it? I haven't watched it, but I love. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So it's about, uh, a TV star or a movie star. And he starts dating a very ordinary it's girl. Just like a like a regular girl. She's right? hilarious. They're it, British. Yes. They're British. There's an episode for every season. So it's a pretty brief series. Oh, cool. But also like really moving and um it just felt real. Yeah. The dialogue. The- I love when people can write great dialogue. Yes. The star of that show. Who's very handsome. Oh, yeah. Um, he was on this show that it aired, like, at the tail end of Downton Abbey. And it was, like, a PBS. It was, like, a masterpiece show. It was called Indian Summers mm-hmm. that I was really into. It was a great show. And he was, like, the main character on that. And so sometimes with those types of shows, though, you kind of see people on it. And then they sort of disappear. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of those, like, the masterpiece shows or whatever. And so I'm, like, so excited that he's just, like, yeah. still around. And he was wonderful. And if you, like, Fleabag or Normal People, and I am reading the Sally Rooney book now. I really like it. But um, if you liked either of those shows, I think this could be a good intersection. I feel like this is all HBO because I was going to say that everyone should watch Hat. I don't know if you've seen Hats. I'm about halfway through. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. But can you give us the premise? Yeah. It's um, Jean Smart, who you have seen in everything. Mare of Easttown. Yes. Um, She's in one one season of Fargo. She was on 24 for a little while. She's everywhere. She's wonderful. She plays like sort of like a washed up, like career comedian, stand up comedian who started having like she had a, a sitcom with her husband. All this kind of drama happens in her personal life, which then leads her to this point where, like, she's still quite successful, but um, just has, like, a Las Vegas show. Like, that's who she is now. She's not really, she's not touring. She's not hosting a late night show. She, like, has a long-running Las Vegas residency. And it's automated at that point for her. She's not really writing new material. She just kind of Absolutely. rolls it out every night, yep. cranks it out. She also has, like, a um, home shopping network line. Oh, that's line. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, like, off to the, like, it's kind of, like, a side part of it. But, like, she's very successful because she is, uh, like, headstrong and street smart, basically. Um, but, right, she's totally on autopilot. Um, and then there's a young writer who got canceled <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for a joke that seems a little bit offensive, but what happens is that she starts basically working. These two women come together, they find each other, and they're just like, well, maybe we can help each other out. And my favorite is that Jean Smart's character is like, it's just not funny. Like my problem, she's like, it's not a good joke. Like that's like the joke it's that got this that girl it's canceled. Offensive. It's that it wasn't a smart <laughs> joke. Yeah. But um, they find each other and you know have a journey. They they have a journey together. I don't want to give too much away, but it's really it's very funny. And Jean Smart plays an incredible stand-up comedian. Like her delivery is impeccable. Like I would go watch her do stand-up if someone if she like had material. 
it's it's really smart. It's really biting. And it's also just, like, fun, though. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone is a fan of, like, very, very old, like, seasons one through five of Saturday Night Live, um, the younger girl on the show who plays the writer who got canceled is named Hannah Einbinder, and her mom is Lorraine Newman, who what? is from the original cast of SNL, yeah, who, like, played Mrs. Conehead, or the daughter, daughter Conehead, <laughs> who must have a name, but... That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I and, didn't know that. And I was watching her, and I was like... You can and you can see like flashes of her mother yeah, too. Yeah, like, some familiar time. It's really here. cool. Yeah, so that kind of like is full circle for me. I think I think that's really mm. awesome. But um, any other TV picks for the summer? I have heard. I haven't watched yet, but I have heard that F Boy Island <laughs> is great TV, uh, which is also on HBO. Oh my god, sorry. So this is not an ad for HBO. Sorry to it could be. everyone. Yeah, um, but. FY Island is just like one of those it's a game it's a reality romance game show has a lot going on for example there's there's a guy named Jared on it and then another Jared shows up and so they start calling the other one OG Jared and they're both they're both F boys according to this show I don't know but I've heard it's really I've heard it's really fun so if you're looking for something like that yeah that sounds like a good mindless night after our first week of school get home and be like I need to turn my Mm -hmm. brain off Um, yes if you need another show like that this season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills features (laughs) Kathy Hilton Paris's mother (gasps) and she is a star let me tell you what a lady this woman brought a box fan to like a getaway that she was doing with her girlfriends because she said I can't sleep without the sound but then she like didn't know how to plug it in like this is Kathy Hilton I love her the best part (laughs) of the podcast I really love right now is even the rich and Paris Hilton has I think they did five episodes on her what a life oh my god you don't think that is facing adversity that Paris Hilton may have been through some tough times but she she certainly has just like Britney yeah okay oh so next question biggest pop culture stories of the summer what do you make of Britney I think so something that's interesting I don't know if we need to like run through the entire like I feel like everyone heard about the her original testimony yeah I think we talked about it at length on a certain episode too. yeah and well well she hadn't like testified yet but yeah we did but like I think I think that that was you know people yeah heard what happened but now you know she's doing her Instagram posts are a little bit more risque, risque, or just like just like forward or like more clear. They're less cryptic too. Yes. I think like it's more she's like yeah like if you don't like this suck it. <laughs> um, and so it's really interesting how that's unfolding though because on one side people are like yeah Brittany you tell them, and then on another side people are like well she doesn't seem like well. Yeah, I'm um, kind of in a... I still hope somebody else is controlling her social media and I, we're not getting the full so story. But the, I hope she's not being gaslit. The paradox of this is that some people theorize. It's all theories, right? right. Like, besides literally, like, that testimony and then anything else we can gather but from... But the theorizing is court. what got her this far because yes. thank God for those free Britney people. <laughs> and she even said that. She's like, that was more than you knew. Yeah. Um, but one thing that some people theorize is that there is maybe someone from the not maybe not necessarily like Jamie, her father's team, but just the conservatorship team who's now trying to make her seem less stable than she is. Right. Maybe like who's maybe they're posting whatever, like these pictures to be like, oh yeah, look at Brittany. She can't even like, you know, whatever. So it's very it's I 
I don't know. It's not even the pictures, because when framed correctly, I wouldn't be worried, and it could be, like, a very empowering opportunity Mm -hmm. for her, because she's posting a lot of topless photos where she is obscuring her nipples with her fingers, but, like, she's clearly, you know. And then talking about her body and talking about... It's the captions that are concerning. Yes, which is, like, and it's... But it is. It's, like, half of it, you're like, yeah, and then you get... You keep reading, and you're like, ah. Yes. Like, it's the whole thing is... It's a lot of whiplash. And you think she's got all this oversight. That's the big story, right? So who would ever let her post this? And then you go backwards and you're like, well, they are the ones posting. Right. So (laughs) it's it's like crazy. I just think of that Oprah gif where she's like, I think she's looking at Lindsay Lohan, but you don't, you only see Oprah and she's just like, so what is the truth? (laughs) It's just like, it's just Oprah saying, so what is the truth? And it's like all I could think of like, yeah, I don't know, you know? Well, we'll hang in there. I thought it was cool to hear her voice, and she did sound very clear in her testimony. Yeah. In a way that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, like lucid. Yes. Yes. And still, like, a little nervous, but not unwell in the way that she's being made out to be. Like, who wouldn't be nervous for something like that? And she's not in control of her own portrayal, her own image right now. So, it was very interesting. Yes. Uh, The other big story, though... Benefer. Yeah, I don't think that's real. I know people are like all excited about it. I never thought they were a good couple. I don't. Th- I think this is all the anniversary of Jenny from the Block is coming up. Like they've taken pictures that are literally the exact shot from the video. Like yeah, there's his, no like, way that she's not resting just on doing her this. butt on the yacht. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, see, I'm. I know. I'm. I'm. This is a hot take. This is one of my hotter takes. Go ahead, because I do think it's real, and I'll tell you why. Oh yeah, no, I just think so. Like. So Molly Lambert is this writer I really love. She she does a lot of freelance work now. She has podcasts, but she used to write for Grantland. Um, she wrote for This Recording, which was, I don't know if This Recording is still around, but she just, like, theorizes that essentially she's like, I think that, I think that it's real to, up to a point mm-hmm. where they're, like, having a good time. She's like, J-Lo is mad at A-Rod, wants to get back at him, and Ben is a lost soul. And so he's just like, okay. Like, I and I kind of subscribe to that. I think that they're, I think it's just like, all right, that's you know not what wrong. I mean. The, I, I thought you meant like it was totally. I don't a think ruse. it's. I don't think it's like staged. I think some of it is staged. Yeah, like I think that I think that they're making calls to be like the hey, paparazzi we're here. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, which but that's not out of the ordinary, especially right? for her. Yeah. Yes, um, people do. Or that. no, no, especially for him. Yeah, I remember they Anna always Armas. <laughs> they always know. Yeah, oh my god, they yes. would go on walks every day during the pandemic to Dunkin' Donuts oh or Starbucks. <laughs> and that um, relationship, the end of that was such a loss for us. You know. I know. <laughs> but now we have a wealth of. Here we have yes. so much content. All right, so here's why I think it's real. Like real, yeah. I think the the inclusion of the children. Yes. Where they've that, been spotted with all the kids together. Yeah. I would find it alarming if it if I yeah. That feels real. Mm-hmm. The other thing is when they were together last, he was really struggling with substance abuse and she has never had a drop to had drink or whatever. Yeah, you know, she doesn't drink um, very famously, which is why she looks so good oh, in God. her 50s. As we're, like, sipping. I know. Loggers. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I think, now will be much more um, on the same wavelength and level as he is mm-hmm. since he is sober and, yeah. like, trying really, really hard to live clean. Yeah. Um, I just know... The two of them appeared in an interview, I think, when they were together back in, like, 2002. The first time. I think it was for, you know, one of those, like, news magazine TV shows. There was a weird noise. Really? Um, yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Like, click, click? Yeah. 
Oh, there's an enormous bug on the floor. Uh, it's leaving. It's trying to get out. It's by the door. <gasps> that is enormous. Hold I don't on. Like it. <laughs> Sorry, readers. Should leave this <laughs> readers. <laughs> oh my god. Hold on. I won't. I'm just going to relocate it. <sighs> oh, yeah. So they, they did this interview together for one of those shows, you know, like Inside Edition or something. And the footage is on YouTube. And it is really interesting. And it's part of the reason why I'm like, these two shouldn't, weren't, didn't, they didn't work. Where, and it, I and I think it's changed now. And I'm not saying that I think this about Jennifer Lopez, but in the video, it comes off as like him sort of like, almost acting like she is not on his intellectual level. Mm. And I don't think that that's true. But you watch it and you just are like, these two people don't seem to go. It, it was, it's really that's strange. Too, yeah, there's been a lot of criticism looking back that he was framed as this all-American boy mm-hmm. and that she was framed as a Latina woman and therefore not good enough to be with him. Right, Jenny from the block. Yeah, and a lot of the writing that was done about them at that time has like some pretty racist undertones. Absolutely. People weren't, I don't want to say weren't cognizant of, but weren't acknowledging back then. And now they're back together and I feel like it's a redemption arc, but I, I, think, I don't know if they fit. Well, I think... Right. And I, I think I think now certainly like they're not even just like of equal power. I think she maybe even has more power than oh him, my right? God, yes. But he's also gone through this thing where it's almost flipped now where he's like the I mean, he's a he's an addict, not like not just of drinks, like he's a gambling addict. He mm-hmm. has all these things. He has that stupid tattoo. <laughs> like he's he's just a huge back yes. tattoo. But he also I think for a lot for when they were first together, I think part of the reason that he wanted to escape from that is that he also wanted to escape from the idea that, like, he was the dumb one. Because mm-hmm. that was the perception as well, is that, you know, he and Matt wrote um, Good Will Hunting, and they started doing all this stuff. And, and it's based on his father, his own alcoholic yes. father, who was the custodian at Harvard, but Matt Damon got all the kudos. Everyone kind of thought, oh, Ben... Well, beca- and especially because, like, I think his character in the movie... And at that time, like, a lot of characters who he was portraying were sort of, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Bro-y. Not even... Yeah, but, like, even more... There's, like, towny. a more specific... Like, towny sort of... Um, yeah, like... But, Molly, what's the uh, one line that everyone remembers from that movie? Them apples? Mm-hmm. That's Matt, though. Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly, Yeah. But I think people just saw Ben as sort of a tag-along. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, they saw him as, like, you know, Matt was kind of up on the up and up. And Ben, like, was still certainly was. But they, I think people thought for a long time that, Matt, like, Ben wasn't as good of an actor. They thought he wasn't, mm-hmm. like, just, like, on the same level. And then, obviously, like, a bunch of stuff has ensued. In the have you ever seen G? Time. I have not. I have not either. Maybe we should like have a good night and watch. I it. have not watched. I have not seen. I have seen Jersey Girl, which she only appears in very briefly, but was also one that they did, which is another like Kevin Smith movie. Ben was like was he ran in that Kevin Smith circle. He and Matt both did for a while there in the nineties, and they were cute in that. She like dies almost immediately, but <laughs> um, but yeah. So it is. I, it's interesting, and I'm not saying like yeah. I just think. I just think. I never. I never quite got it, 
Even though I really do, I love both of them. Right. So uh, maybe, I hope they're happy. I know. Uh, maybe this was, like, maybe this was the destiny. I And and then I hate to say it, though, because I'm like, oh, I really loved him with Jennifer Garner. But then I'm like, what is that? Like, what's my internal, like, bias? Like, why do I think that Jennifer Garner is a better fit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that, what, what, you know, I don't know. What does that say about the situation? I don't know. So, like, I kind of try to look at it as, like, no, Molly, like, it's okay that... He could also he can also be happy with Jennifer Lopez. Well, the only other thing <laughs> I thought was interesting was they were on a yacht together, and A Rod was also on a yacht, all in I believe the south of France at the yes. same time. And so I thought, well, maybe they were they had a vacation planned already, and then he was like, "Screw it, I'm, I'm still going. going." Yes, and she was like, "Well, I'm going with my new boyfriend or something." But I just imagined the two yachts passing oh my the God. night and then like giving each other the eye, like both of them just yeah. standing there, standing. Yeah, starboard. but that is part of it. Is I do some of this is to me like coming off as just like a petty one-upmanship game of like, because then like Alex is like. You know, he's doing stuff, and he's like, I'm fine. Like, we're good. And so then I just keep seeing that element of it because it is still – that's fresh. Like, that's – you know, and so that's – I think that's where I think I'm like, what is going on? Mm. And honestly, I don't know, but more power to her and Ben if they're just, like, doing – they're just, like, having fun and I don't know. But A little familiar rebound. Yeah. Any other big stories that captivated you? I know, I'm trying to think now. I mean, uh, we talked about this a little bit when, so Sarah and I, like we said, it had just connected, but we were talking about Larry David oh screaming God. at Alan Dershowitz. If you don't know Alan Dershowitz, he's this, he, he's one of those like celebrity lawyers. He was, he was Donald uh, Trump's confidant. Yeah. And he also, he was one of OJ's lawyers. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. He was one of OJ's guys and he, but he was one of those people who was like kind of famous before that just for like. He was a lawyer who would go on TV and talk Harder about, yeah, but, and he would talk, he would be like the like expert that they would call in to be like, oh, like this guy knows, you know. Um, so he was already kind of a person, right? He was an OJ guy. He's been in the public eye forever. He says he's like a Democrat. He says he's like, I didn't vote for Donald Trump, even though he was, he said I voted against him twice, but you know, he ran in those circles and he would go on TV and defend him about certain things. And Alan Dershowitz also, you know, he claims to be not that all Democrats have like their social whatever up to speed, but like he's so he's sexist and gross. Like there are there's stories about him going back like, you know, when he taught at Harvard. But Larry David basically screamed at him in a in a small uh, like general store. And Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard. And so I'm picturing, like, yeah, a little convenience store. And, like, these two, like, really rich guys, like, in, like, their regular people clothes. Mm -hmm. But um, that story I just think is delightful. So if you haven't heard it, essentially Larry David, like, who is Larry David? You know, I don't know. I can't explain him to you. If you don't know who Larry David is at this point. He's a creative side belt. He's very dry. He kind of hates people. But he's also, like, really righteous about certain things. He played Bernie Sanders on Saturday Night Live. But basically, he just was, like, berating Alan Dershowitz in public at this place, being like, you're disgusting. You and all the people, like, your whole cohort, you're all disgusting. You I disgust me. I too, that Dershowitz had tried to shake his hand and be like, hey, like, a little yes. glad handing in the convenience store, a little networking. And yeah. he, Larry David was like, no. Yeah. I'm not having it. And you know what? And I think that's what, I think that's good. I think that, like, we need to be like, no, it's not normal. You can't act like it's normal that you did that. Yeah. Right? If it was, like, whatever, if he just was, like... There's a difference between kind of being like, oh, I was friends with Donald Trump at some point in time 
and then being like going to events, supporting him publicly as like an expert in your field, like as a lawyer, as like someone who's like a constitutional expert. I mean, like, yeah, this guy's fine with me. Like, he that's different him out for hugging. Mock. I think it was Mike Pomp. Yeah. No, is he old enough? One of one of um, the cabinet was, members. Yeah, it was a former student. I don't think it was of Alan Dershowitz. Yeah. and he his thing was like, oh, whenever I see a student, I give them a hug. And Larry David's like, no. Yeah, and my favorite part of it is because, and I think that this is so real to like, not just like it, like humanity, but also just the idea of like how people felt about or it still feel about that this period in time that we're still like fresh coming out of, right? Is that he? He really couldn't even say anything besides like you're disgusting. You, it's just it's all disgusting. You disgust me. But I think it's just because like people are still angry about it or frust and frustrated, but also can't even see straight. Like, mm-hmm. like, but what else is there to say? Like, you disgust me. But well, and the other part of the story <laughs> that I thought was so funny, I heard about it on the Ringer yep. Dish, so I can't take credit. No, it's it's a good one. Although we did go to Martha's Vineyard last week, I wish we'd run into them. But he was present for Obama's 60th birthday, which was quite the event, apparently. And he's on the island. He gets a call from Obama's assistant, and he ignores the call because he's like, oh, my God, Obama is going to ask me to do stand-up at his 60th birthday. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. I only have three days. I'll just yes. come up with new material. Like, what am I to do? This is a man who is essentially just, like, a walking personification of like neuroses. Oh my! Like that's God. who he is. Well, like and he's that's the comedy too. Yes. If you've ever seen his show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. But he he stresses himself out for like two days, and then finally makes the call, and he's like, "I think I've waited long enough that there's no way they're going to ask me one day in advance." And he gets on the phone with her, and he's like, "Hi, I'm returning your call. Sorry." And she's like, oh, "We just we're really sorry, but." We're downsizing because of Delta, and you're no longer invited to the birthday. And rather than being, like, totally upset and horrified... He's, thank you. He's like, thank God. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Wait, what did you hear? He was like... He said at the end of it, he said, oh, I got to go back. He said, I I went back and did my crossword puzzles. (laughs) Like, same, which, like, I... I was like, oh, me too, Larry. Like, social anxiety. But all of this, right, this entire thing is just so, an episode of the show. There is literally an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's, like, during the time when Shaq was still playing for the Lakers, and he, like, in the show, he, like, accidentally, like, trips Shaq or something. Like, he does something to, like, mess up the game for the Lakers. And so everyone in L.A. is mad at him, and, like, every time people see him in public, and they're like, yo, like, you know. You suck. And he loves it because he doesn't want people to talk to him. So he's excited because he's like, oh, these people hate me. I can just, like, go out in peace. Like, no one's going to bug me now. I get to be the antagonist. Yes. Um, And so that reminded me of that because he's like, I don't even want to go. But, yeah, they downsized it to, like, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, to friends and family, which, like, I do know. Yeah, like, Jay-Z and Beyonce are friends with the Obamas. But I think that's cool. Yeah, there was like still there was I, some that surprised. There me. was still right where I'm like, oh, you made the cut, right? It's interesting yeah. to see because, like, I mean, I don't know, right? Like, I understand they uninvited the politicians given the Delta variant. Like, sure, it would be way easier for Nancy Pelosi to be like, nope, I couldn't go. Yeah, you John know? and Chrissy were there. Yes, their pictures. Well, oh, so that was the other thing. There was a moratorium. I think that's the word, but you were not allowed to post anything. But Erica Badu like posted some pictures. Of course she. Oh yeah, then she was like, "Oh my god, I they feel made so her bad." Delete them. Yeah. yeah, but then she wrote too. She like felt awful about it. 
That's so funny. Um, I love that she was there, though. Because she's a character. I think she performed, even. She's cool. <sighs> she has a child. This is like a total aside, but I always think of it. She's a child with Andre 3000 what? from Outcast, And that child's name is, speaking of Larry David, Seven. Which, if you are a Seinfeld fan, there's a whole entire episode about baby names. And, and George is obsessed with naming a child Seven and subsequently Soda. But it just always reminds me of that. Like, I'm like, and they named it, it was like in the 90s, like late 90s. And I'm like, did you get this from Seinfeld? Uh, There's no way, right? But well, this is too much information, but we're 53 minutes in. So if you're still listening, I apologize in advance. But when I lived in New York City, I was always surprised by how few celebrities I ran into. But I did run into Andre 3000 at CVS. I was buying condoms. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, I hope you have a good night. That's the best Andre 3000 story. <laughs> My cousin Joey saw him out um, one time at some, like, I think it was like a um, Simon or thrift mm-hmm. store. And they both zeroed in on a jacket that was like, it was like Drive. Mm-hmm. You know, the one with the scorpion. So there's, there was like a really famous thing that Ryan Gosling movie Drive. He had like a quilted like jacket that had a scorpion embroidered on the back of it. And I guess that they both saw it. And I think Andre ended up with it. <laughs> but I just think that's so funny because like, of course, Andre 3000 would go for that. They both reach for yes, it. Yes. But, <laughs> but oh, if you have an Andre 3000 story, let us know, I guess. Please do. <laughs> Who knew? Like, All right. Molly, I did want to do a little bit of housekeeping with you. Yes. So we had signed up to do a live show courtesy of Worcester Arts Council. Yes. On September 30th. Yes. And I was like a little nervous because all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But we have been in touch with Heather Bish, mother of Molly Bish, and she is like really excited to come and talk yeah. about children and family safety and the loss of her daughter. Yeah. I'm um, really, really excited about this, be- partly because I think it's going to be really powerful and a great conversation, but also, like, I was a child when all that happened. Like, I was pretty young, and so for me, a lot of it is, like, those, like, kind of flashball memories of, like, seeing, like, the local news, right? Yeah. And so... Let's see. I can read the story just yeah, a little background. That family has really just been the face of what has what happened. Like they've done so much for, the, especially like the local, like Massachusetts yeah. and New England. You know. Well, now she serves on the board. She was appointed last year by Charlie Baker to be on like the missing persons task force, which I think is really cool. Heather yeah. Bish, the mother of Molly. But I think that you and I should do a whole episode just kind of going through yeah, piece like by a, piece what happened. And, I mean, there's been recent news even this summer about the case, but it's still yes. kind of a cold case. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. What a crazy thing. So the show, the live show will be at 7 p.m. There are doors. There's going to be a bar and merch for sale and everything. Um, on September 30th, it's a Thursday, and it'll be at the Brick Box Theater downtown. So right. I'm really excited so about that. So easy to get to. Okay. Yeah, I'm super excited. We have not done a live show. I know. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. Okay, to give you some context about Molly, it says, Just before 10 a.m. on June 27th, 2000, Heather dropped her daughter Molly Ann Bischoff to begin her eighth day of work as a lifeguard mm-hmm. at Commons Pond in Warren, Mass. 
Shortly thereafter, the first of the children and their parents began to arrive for swimming lessons. They noticed that Molly was not at her post and was nowhere to be found. Her water bottle, sandals, beach chair, towel, whistle, police radio, and first aid kit were left behind. A search of the area did not reveal what may have happened to her. Over the next three years, an exhaustive investigation into the disappearance of Molly took place. On June 9th, 2003, Molly's bathing suit and remains were found in a nearby wooded area. The person who did this was never found, and the investigation into the abduction and murder of Molly continues. Her lifeguard spirit lives on through the Molly Bish Foundation. So tickets will just be $6. There's only 50 available, and they'll go on sale in two weeks. And all of the proceeds are going to go to the Molly Bish Foundation. Warren is not far. No. I, for some reason, thought it was farther away. Like, Warren is nearby. Yeah, it's about 20 it's minutes. It's like down Route 9, right? Yeah. Or like, wow. When I was, I guess I was 13 when this happened. Yeah. I was training to become a lifeguard. Yeah. yeah. And she just, you know, she's a little blonde girl. And I remember like seeing her that as a picture. cautionary tale. Yeah. And like that picture of her, like, her, she, oh. yeah, all American <laughs> girl. And then her mother came in to speak to some of my students because they had read a John Green book called Paper Towns. Yep. And they wanted to ask somebody about like, how long is it before you take it seriously that a teenager has gone missing and stuff like that? And she just was so, so open and honest and raw with these kids. And so I imagine she'll bring that same powerful energy to our live show. I'm excited. Me too. Well, I've been Sarah. Yeah, I've been Molly. Um, And we'll keep talking to you soon. Thanks for sticking with us. We're back. We're back. We have long vacation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So long.